I see people in the comments already. We have we have a lot of yelling happening. And I want to start off right now by telling y'all, please, please, please don't send your super chats through this stream because I I'm dialed in. I dial in on these game by game recaps, okay? I'm looking at my screen only. I'm thinking about numbers. It's like the Zach Galifianakis shit going on. That's what's happening all the time. I don't want to take your money. So please, if someone drops a super chat in there, it's going it's going on my margarita fund, and you will not get any value. So all the people that are already in here, just let the other people know not to do so, okay? And also let them know to go hit this line on Underdog right now because tonight's game, we've got Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers playing against Las Vegas. Now, we just heard that Aaron Jones may be out for this one. There's a strong likelihood that he is out. Devontae Adams, strong likelihood that he's in. All that doesn't matter because there's an absolute free square of Jordan Love. Someone dropping super chats. I'm going to assume you're fucking with me already. Super chat, don't do it. Jordan Love, 0.5 total yard square. Do it, all right? You got free money on Underdog right now. Free money. Go sign up with promo code BDGE. And guess what will happen? Whatever you throw down onto the platform, underdogfantasy.com, link down below in the description, they're going to double it all the way up to $500. So if it's your first time on Underdog, you put $500 on there, guess what? You're going to have $1,000 on there to play with, and they've started you off with an absolute free square. Jordan Love, 0.5. We're going to go through every single game of the weekend starting Thursday night football. Chicago Bears at the Washington Commanders. We're just going to sit here and chill for a second while people start to pile in. How how are we? How art thou? How's everybody doing out here? Let's check the chat. There you go. He starts with a fucking super chat. What's up, Jonathan? <laughs> Dialed. Dial in. Right here. It's permanent. What up, Marlon? What's up, fam? Cute son. Very cute. This is just not true. DJ Moore, your favorite wide receiver. It's not true considering my favorite wide receiver is Josh Reynolds. Just couldn't be. Just couldn't be me. Is it gray sweatpants season? Nah, I stopped. I stopped doing that childish shit a couple of years ago. First live, man. All the team's content tucked in and dialed. You love to see it. You're first live. How come people How come people really never get into the lives, man? Just turn notifications on. There's a little bell underneath the video. There's a little bell underneath the video. You click it, and then it'll let you know when we go live. You'll get like three notifications a week. It ain't that big of a deal. Grow up. Ritter back. Facts. Facts. Ritter never really left. He never actually left. Y'all left him for dead. But he never left. He's just this year's Geno Smith. Y'all need to grow up. Woo! Let's hop into the games. Let me move my camera. Bang, so you can see my plaque. My plaqueth. So we're going to go game by game as we always do. Just talk through. Just hang out. Just chill. And uh, I just X'd out of the comments. So do not drop super chaps. I will not be engaging with any of y'all. Y'all pieces of shit. If you're here, you're a piece of shit. So Justin Fields back. Super back. Mm. I actually just sent out a trade offer today. 
to swap fields for Anthony Richardson in a dynasty league, but that's neither here nor here. Um, Chicago, biggest takeaways. Fields looks like he very, very, very well uh, might be okay. A lot of the times the way I want to think about this is, right, we're still relatively in the beginning parts of the season, right? We're uh, we're five weeks in, which is, I don't know, what, 28% of the season, right? So that's still early. We're still talking about the first quarter, the first third of the season. So what I would, I would try to do is say, like, hmm, what if Justin Fields' previous two games were his first two games. The way we'd be looking at him for the rest of the season would be very differently. We'd have a, a lot more positive mindset on him, and we'd continue to be like, ah, he's fine. Just continue to start him. You know what I mean? So I feel optimistic about Fields, but I also think when he plays against like really good teams, they're probably still going to struggle. But DJ Moore is an every-week starter. In this game, though, we had a couple injuries in the backfield. All right, so Khalil Herbert, I believe, suffered a high ankle sprain. That's going to keep him out for a minute, right? Probably two weeks minimum. More so likely up to like three to four weeks. We've seen that be a problem for a lot of running backs already this year. So if you got Khalil Herbert, problematic. Roshan Johnson, I also believe, left this game with a concussion. More often than not, players who leave with a concussion end up missing the next week. I think it's possible. When do they play again? Oh, well, they do have extra time, obviously, because they were the Thursday night game. So he's got a few extra days to clear concussion protocol. So I'd put his percentage a little bit higher up. And if that's the case, Roshan probably becomes the guy in the backfield uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, which is definitely a team that you could produce some fantasy points against. So he'd be looking at I'd probably be looking at like a low end RB2 for Roshan Johnson. I think they'll probably activate Deonta Foreman, who's been a healthy scratch all these weeks. Um, so that, that's really like where I'd be looking right now. I think if Roshan also misses this game, Deontay Foreman will just kind of be thrown into a lot of work. And he's a good enough um, he's a good enough NFL back that I think he can put up like RB2 numbers for you for a single game. So just something to keep an eye on. But Khalil Herbert will probably be out for multiple weeks. Uh, on the flip side, nothing great to take away here. Logan Thomas, though, has really been balling a little bit, man. Logan Thomas is without a doubt. I, I should have been a little bit more privy to this because he started to run like 80, 85% of the routes in this offense, and he's becoming almost like the Travis Kelsey in Enemy's Chiefs experience offense here. So Logan Thomas probably needs to be heavily targeted on the waiver wire if he is still available for you, but he's put together back-to-back good games, so might not be super highly available. Uh, Brian Robinson had a down game, but still the only running back with a carry there, so we're not worried about him. Hmm. Let's move on to the next game. We've got the London game up bright and early. I'm so sick of these fucking games, man. They stink so bad until, like, the ending sometimes. Most of the time, they just stink. The product has gotten a little bit better, I will say. Here, <laughs> I, I think about these London games, bro, and the way I think about it is it feels like every game the product is so bad. Like, we, there's so many passionate English fans that go out to the stadium and they pack the stadium. In my mind, I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, I watch it because I have, like, we we in America have an addiction to it. But if this was my first time watching this game, for all the shit that we give soccer, we're like, oh, this is boring, like, nothing ever happens. I, unbiasedly, like, fucking objectively, that's how I would feel if I was watching these London games for the first time. If this is the first football experience I had, like, I imagine diehard NFL fans. And if anyone out there is from England, and understands what I'm saying, or went to the game or has been to any of these games, let me know if I'm way off base here. But, like, if I was out in London, right, and I'm a diehard NFL fan, and this is the first game 
you know, obviously the ending ended up being really, really cool, but you guys get the point of what I'm trying to say here. If I took my fiance or girlfriend or like anyone in my family or my friends and I'm like, dude, it's don't worry, it's really cool to these games, just the shitty play. It's like three and outs, batted passes, flags, penalties, like nonstop with these games, man. It's crazy. I just it just feels like such such a terrible fucking experience for people who are probably getting introduced to the game for the first time, man. I don't know. I don't know. The ending was cool, but like up until that point, Jacksonville kind of feel like they washed Buffalo a little bit. Um, they pretty much controlled the game outside of the touchdown that Buffalo had in the second quarter. I do think the narrative of, of Jacksonville being there for two weeks, Buffalo having to travel over. Apparently they traveled over on like Friday and they didn't have, or it was either Thursday night or Friday and they didn't have a lot of time to like get situated. I don't know. There's a lot of weird shit going on. Roger Goodell came came out and said they were kind of like experimenting to see how big of a disadvantage the team would have when another team was there for two weeks. So like, I'm not really chalking this up as a down game for Buffalo because at the end of the day, the stats were there to be had. Um, but from a team standpoint, but Trevor Lawrence played fucking phenomenal again. This was something I relayed. Like people were really, really down on him after the first few weeks. But again, he had the second highest passing grade per PFF going into last week, going into this week, which is crazy but only because this team cannot stop dropping passes. Their receivers have had bricks for hands. But they showed up this week, 7 for 122 for Ridley, 6 for 78 for Christian Kirk. Evan Ingram kind of had his first down game, but Travis Etienne went boom, boom, blasted the fuck off. I think this is just who he is. He's going to have really big games, but he's got a really solid floor. Like, sure, there are going to be games where, like, Tank gets a goal line carry or Tank catches two passes or something like that. But it's very, very clear that Etienne's their most talented player in the backfield. And, yeah, sometimes he'll go 19 for 70 and not really put up fantasy games, but that kind of feels like a really nice floor to have at this point. So ETN's in every week uh, running back one, in my mind. Ridley, you keep firing up. Kirk, you keep firing up. Evan Ingram, you keep firing up. Zay Jones, first game back, looked uh, relatively good. Had a really nice touchdown grab. I think he'll continue to get more and more involved. So if he was dropped, he'd be someone that I would, like, probably spend some real fab on uh, to throw into my flex plays, especially throughout these bye weeks. Speaking of, actually, let's clear out the bills and then we'll talk about the bye weeks for next week because this was this was a tough week. I had a super flex league. I had the most insane. Actually, we'll get. Hold on, let me finish with Buffalo. Everybody, everybody, fucking settle down, settle down. Um, Buffalo. So really, the only takeaway here is Gabe Davis has been great. Um, no one else is really startable in this passing game, but the backfield. This was just the Jacksonville defense just showed the fuck up, man. I, I'm not really holding James Cook too accountable for this one. I think he'll have much better days ahead. He put, you know, back to back to back relatively strong fantasy games. So let's not just like write him off after one game. They play the Giants next week. Yeah. So all y'all that are getting cute and being like, James Cook is flopped. He's done, whatever. Yeah. Let's see you sit his ass against the Giants. You're not gonna. So shut up. He'll be fine. NFL. We've got week six buys. Just the Packers and Steelers. So we're talking about Jordan Love. We're talking about Watson, Aaron Jones, uh, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Luke Musgrave. Talking about Kenny Pickles. But really, George Pickens. Maybe after the bye, they get Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth back. Maybe you guys should should, uh, should sit Najee Harris. Maybe you guys should do that. Texans and Falcons were so fucking back. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable how back Atlanta is. We now have an elite quarterback that can win games for us. It was the only piece we didn't have. The only thing we didn't have on our team 
was an elite thrower of the football. Plug that hole real quick. Plug that shit real quick. Huge walk-off win. Buddha won through the uprights. Atlanta 3-2, and 3-0 and at home. Desmond Ritter undefeated at home throughout his whole fucking career. Unbelievable, actually, stat. But we're back in 3-2. and two. Feeling good about the Falcons again. It was good to see them, like, let Ritter loose and him be able to not be an embarrassment. Someone uh, tweeted out something that was like being a... I forget a fan of what team it was, but it was so relatable. It was like being a fan of... What team is it? Being a fan of the Bears and having them continuously play on primetime felt like you were bringing... Um, a friend to a family party and you needed to like let everybody know beforehand that he's probably going to do something really embarrassing. You know, those, those moments where you like bring a friend to a party and you're like, he's with me, but like, I can't be responsible for his actions. That's kind of what being a Falcons fan feels like a lot, but also probably a Bears fan. Cause they're always on prime time. Back to the fucking point. Damian Pierce, a lot of, a uh, lot of touches again, CJ Stroud played relatively well. We do have a couple injuries here. So I think that probably led to, um, a big game for Dalton Schultz. So Nico Collins was a dude that we were off this week because he was going to see a ton of shadow coverage from AJ Terrell, which ended up happening. So he had a three for 39 game, but Collins will be fine. Get him back in your lineups next week. Tank Dell left um, with a concussion. So there's a real chance he misses next week, which is unfortunate. Robert Woods also left the game having nine targets, but he, I want to say it was a rib injury. I could be wrong on that one. So don't quote me on that one, but uh, I do think he actually returned, but there was a big chunk of the game where Woods and Dell missed, and that's kind of why Dalton Schultz blew up. But C.J. Stroud still performed relatively well. Um, nothing really to take away on the wide receiver side. For the Texans, Atlanta, I really don't think there's much to take away here either. Like Kyle Pitts finally had a good game, but I actually I actually feel more comfortable with Jonu Smith than I do with Kyle Pitts coming away from this game, to be completely fucking frank with you. Like, I... I don't really care that Kyle Pitts had his first good game in like 10 weeks. It's like, are we really, are we really trusting that going forward? Like I'm not, I started him in one dynasty league because I had to, it was like him or fucking Tyler Conklin. Even that had a motherfucker think about it, you know, but ended up starting him, had a big game. Um, Drake London. These are the games he's going to have once every two, three weeks. Like again, the, the, this is, this is the point I keep trying to get across to people is like predicting Fantasy players on a week-to-week basis is goddamn near impossible. So figure out what you think of a player. Like Drake London, probably a wide receiver three right now, right? His end-of-season numbers will dictate that. On a week-to-week basis, he's not going to give you wide receiver three numbers every single week. But he'll have his six or 78, and he'll do that every other week or every three weeks. And at the end of the season, he'll be a wide receiver three. So you, you figure out the way you feel about a player, and then you're never going to be able to predict consistency. But if you feel strongly about a player, leave him in your lineup because you'll get the good and the bad. And at the end of the year, he will equate to the player that hopefully you thought he was going to be. Obviously, you can you know change your expectations as the season progresses and and those things happen. But that's that's realistically that I've been doing this. I've been playing this game long enough. I've been in the industry long enough that these trends are they're impossible to predict on a week to week basis. But at the end of the year, typically they line up. And the fault that most people have is trying to predict when to start a player, when to sit a player, knowing how they're going to perform by year's end. And that's what we have for a lot of players. Bijan Robinson just continues to be an f- absolute god. Got in the end zone, did lose a big fumble, but didn't matter because Desmond Ritter's a king. Carolina, Detroit, the opposite of a king, Bryce Young. Imagine taking Bryce Young when Bijan's on the board. 
No, I'm not worried about Bryce Young at all. I'm not worried about it. Uh, Bryce will be fine. I, I don't, like, really know what people expected from Bryce Young this year, but um, I had borderline zero expectations for Bryce Young this year, statistically. They have surrounded him with arguably, like, the worst supporting cast in the NFL. It is terrible. He'll be fine long-term. He's obviously not suitable for fantasy up to this point, but long-term, I'm not worried about it. Uh, Miles Sanders is, is in my eyes, like, very clearly still hampered. Um, People keep pushing a narrative that, like, Chuba's overtaking him. Miles Sanders, like, got hurt last Friday, didn't practice at all Friday, didn't practice at all Saturday, and then looked terrible. Somehow was active on Sunday, looked terrible. Clearly less than 100%, and I still think he's dealing with that. So I think until we see, like, full practices out of Miles Sanders, until we see a bounce-back performance, he's pretty much unstartable at this point. Um, he's looked like an, an awful investment by the Carolina Panthers. Adam Thielen continues to fucking eat out here. DJ Chark luckily got some scraps there, got into the end zone, so he ended up having a good day. But Thielen is a must-start wide receiver week in and week out, as is most players on the Detroit Lions at this point. Uh, David Montgomery took over the entire backfield. Could have had an even much bigger day because Craig Reynolds came in there and uh, mopped up some garbage time trash there. But 19 for 109, caught two passes for 20 yards, so he went for about a buck 30 in a touchdown. Unsurprising with Jameer Gibbs out of the gate. Again, this was something that we kind of said all offseasons. Like, Dave Montgomery is going right into the Jamal Williams role, but Montgomery is probably objectively a much better back than Jamal Williams. Like, you weren't getting 40-yard breakaway plays from Jamal Williams last year. You were getting two touchdown games, which were equally as good for fantasy, but Montgomery's a much better, like, pure running back than Jamal Williams has ever been in his career. So Montgomery's on his way to a monster, monster season. Uh, Amon Ra obviously missed this game. Jameer Gibbs missed this game. If Amon Ra continues to miss time, Josh Reynolds is like such a good flex play to have in your lineup. He's just been nothing but consistent outside of that like one game where he was banged up the entire week in practice, didn't catch a single pass. But other than that, he's been really, really, really good. Uh, Laporta just continues to be fucking goaded. Three for 47, gets in twice. I will say, man, I I, I don't know, like, I hear a lot of discourse. I hear a lot of discourse this morning about Laporta being the tight end one in Dynasty. About, I'll say, like, Laporta's look very good. I do think a lot of, the, he's getting a lot of, like, really, really nicely schemed up big plays to him. I don't want to take that away from him because he can make big plays, obviously. I'm not I'm not there. He was someone that I, I really, really liked going into the year. I actually went back yesterday and looked at, on like May 2nd, right after the NFL draft, I put out a video that was like must draft rookies for your upcoming rookie draft. And um, the second round players that I wanted you guys to target, it was Devon A. Chain and it was Sam Laporta back to back. Felt great about that. Big fan of Laporta. There are parts of me that feel like when this team is at full strength, when Jameer Gibbs is there, when Amon Ross St. Brown is there, when James Williams is running a full complement of snaps, Laporta will consistently average around these you know three four five ish targets a game which in a really nice like high-powered offense obviously gets you into scoring zones and scoring opportunities and stuff um and right now the tight end landscape is so disgusting but i will say i'm, I'm not going to be surprised if we see like at some point or another a rough patch during laporta's rookie year because that's that's just how rookie tight ends work in fantasy I'm not sure why I'm going out on a limb here talking shit about Laporta after a two-touchdown game, but here we are. Jameson Williams, you want to talk about someone that needs to be talked about is this man. Um, no surprise, he was extremely limited. There was just no way you were getting him into your lineup this week. You should not have done that. He hasn't looked good, but I also think there's 
gonna there's gonna come a ramp up period with him, right? This offense is flowing. They are they are looking like such a legit team. They're looking so good that um, you know, just throwing this X factor into the offense is gonna take some time for that stuff to click. Like they already know what works for them right now. It is pounding the ball with Dave Montgomery, it's getting into their playmakers, Laporta, all all this kind of stuff. So throwing him in there, it, it it's gonna take a minute for him to be um for us to be able to at least see whether or not he's the guy. And it very well could just be him being a bust, man. Like that happens. First round rookie wide receivers bust. You know, right where he was taken, that's where like John Ross went. Bust. There's a lot of first round rookie wide receivers that have been busts. We've had a lot of hits over the last few years. We have had a lot of hits. But bust the, the years prior to that, man, we had those years of like the Laquan Treadwells and all those guys. We had so many bad for Corey Coleman's. We had like a stretch of three to four years of horrible first round picks. And then all of a sudden, the pendulum has kind of swung back over the last couple of years. He might just be one of the few misses in that in that crop. So he's unstartable. I, I would still probably hold on to him. You know, like you probably blew some fab on him last week. Let him get acquainted a little bit with the offense. Give it a couple more weeks. Right. You were not expecting him to be back till week six. Anyways, they get the Bucks, they get the Ravens, then they get the Raiders, the Chargers, the Bears. Right. Like those are all beatable defenses. Let's see what he does in those games before we're making judgment calls on him. Titans Colts. Nothing really to take away from the Titans thing. Uh, D-Hop had a vintage D-Hop performance. This was someone I was actually like kind of strongly suggesting to start in the uh, Q&A that I did on Saturday, which is a private Q&A that you can only get access to if you are a big dog member. You can go sign up on bdge.co, which is where you'll get our waiver wire rankings for this week, which has fab suggestions. It's got whether or not we'd use the number one waiver wire on it if you're in a normal waiver wire league. Uh, it'll have our weekly rankings, so any sit-star questions that you have can be answered by those weekly rankings. And then the private Q&A every Saturday where you can ask me any more in-depth, you know, trade, sit-star, any of that sheesh type beat questions. But I was very much in on D-Hop. I mean, the Colts perimeter receivers or uh, the Colts perimeter secondaries, it's not good. It's not good. They've been absolutely torn up, and that will be a point of attack for fantasy players going forward. Tajay Spears had a career game, of course. Of course, because I was playing against him. In deal or no deal. I know y'all are on YouTube. Y'all love the YouTube content. You're here for fantasy information, that kind of shit. But we make a whole lot of TikTok comment uh, content. Um, we actually have a uh, the TikTok content that we make, we put up on YouTube form as well. We do a ton of trivia. And we do a ton of like games and shit, which I think a lot of you guys would probably enjoy given that you're in this audience right now. So you can go check out the BDGE NFL trivia channel. We do a deal or no deal type game every week where we pick... You know, we go through the cases and shit, and we pick a, a fantasy wide receiver and a running back. And um, whoever loses has to do a punishment. This week's punishment, I have to go around in New York City with um, missing posters of myself, and I have to hand them out to people. And I'm going to wear a fake mustache while I'm doing it, and I'll see if people recognize me or not. And then we put up, like, vlogs of us doing it afterwards on that channel. So you can go follow us on TikTok. We're doing that type of content. Go follow us on that NFL trivia channel. It's tough. It's a tough scene. This week, I got to do reading mean comments because I lost last week. It's I just fucking take L's all day and deal or no. Because J-Mo got, he had the, like one of the worst running backs on the board. Tajay Spears gets him fucking 92 points. Out of control. This shit sucks. Again, Spears needs to be owned. He's not, like, I'm not ready to duplicate this performance and put him in lineups anytime soon. But he looks like a really nice fantasy asset right now for Dynasty. And just someone you want to hold on to because if something happens to Henry... Tajay Spears could be a really nice RB2 play for you. We've got a lot of news on the flip side. The Indianapolis Colts had their starting quarterback, Anthony Richardson, 
get hurt again. It's starting to become a theme for him. He has a grade three AC sprain, which from what I've seen in the reports will hold him out likely a minimum of four weeks. Um, He's going to see like three or four doctors apparently to get other opinions. That's not usually a good thing. You usually see other doctors and get other opinions when the first opinion is worse than you wanted it to be. Right. So a lot of the times you're like, okay, I got a low ankle sprain. You're not going to see specialists about it. So this is not a great injury to have. This is not the same injury that like Cam Newton had. So his career is not in jeopardy. It's just a really annoying injury for the time being. So I would plan to be without him for anywhere from four to eight weeks right now, which is really unfortunate. But Gardner Minshew has been extremely serviceable. I think Minshew is a dude that you should definitely be targeting in super flex leagues if he is available on your waiver wire because he could run this offense. And they all of a sudden just have a fucking phenomenal supporting cast because of Zach Moss. But the biggest talking point here, of course, is Jonathan Taylor's return. What do we make of this game? This was really unsurprising. We did not expect... I did not expect Zach Moss to get 80% of the touches again, but I did not expect Taylor to have a big fantasy day. Um, he they, they said they're going to ramp him up over the next month. I think the way that Zach Moss is playing right now is made damn sure that that ramp up is going to be long. It's going to be like the runway in the last Fast and Furious movie. You know, they fight on the plane. They're like going to take off, but the fight seems like a half hour long. It's like by that point, you didn't need to fly. Like you've already arrived at your destination from fucking driving on the runway. That's what it kind of feels like. I do think Taylor eventually takes over. I think the the, the leash, the, the, what happens here is like the leash on Moss is almost non-existent. It's going to be really, really tight. Those are two completely different things. But you get what I'm saying. Like, as soon as Zach Moss has a bad day, that's kind of when the window opens, I think, for Jonathan Taylor. But I don't think that's going to be within the very, very near future. So we're probably looking right now still Zach Moss as the lead guy there, depending on how – because he's playing so great. I think we this is just something we need to take week by week. Uh, monitor reports really closely – see what the coaches are saying kind of thing, because they told us that they were going to ramp up Jonathan Taylor very slowly. So it seems like we can probably believe them in that. They've been pretty honest with us, I feel like, up to this point in the summer, whether it was talking about Anthony Richardson and all this kind of stuff, you know, getting him in right in as a starter. So I would um, I would look at Zach Moss probably going forward, at least on a week-to-week basis right now, as a, a, an RB2, and Jonathan Taylor is more of like a flex play, if that until we see his workload increase and increase. I think by the end of the year, the way I was looking at it always was like, the, regardless of him coming back this week, we're probably expecting him from like week eight on to be like the Jonathan Taylor that we were hoping when we drafted him. And honestly, I don't even know if he's going to get that like workhorse role back completely that we're you know used to having Jonathan Taylor be in because of Zach Moss's play. It could be more of like a 68-32 split, right? Rather than like, 78, 80, 82% Jonathan Taylor type thing. And is like, could you blame the Colts with how Zach fucking Moss is playing right now? Not really. Josh Downs continues to impress. I love all these little like rookie wide receivers this year, man. Josh Downs, Jaden Reed, Tank Dell. They're fucking awesome. That's a great, that's a great group of receivers. I think going to be successful for a long time in this league. Um, with if Gardner Minshew is the quarterback, like I'm not really downgrading any of the weapons here. So, Giants Dolphins, yeah, let's downgrade everything about the Giants. Uh, there's literally nothing to talk about here except for Daniel Jones fucked his neck up again. 
His motherfucker needs a bikeotomy. He might play next week. I don't really know if Tyra Taylor's in. That's not great either. Uh, Saquon should be back, but like, ugh. With the supporting cast in his first game back from an ankle sprain, I don't expect him to be full go. I don't expect him to – or a high ankle sprain. I don't expect him to be an 85% snap guy either. So um, I would tread cautiously with Saquon at least week one back there. Terrible offensive line. The offense is going to be bad. Like Saquon's probably like a low-end RB2 for me first week back. On the flip side, Miami kept doing his thing. Devon Chan is – like, I, I think he's got to be the RB1 in fantasy right now. Almost positive of that. So they got the RB1. They got the wide receiver one in Tariq Hill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I want to hit on something that I had not seen or heard anywhere in any of the like the recap pods that I consumed this week. Devon Achan, Devon Achan um, might have hurt his ankle a little bit. So... Apparently, like, in the fourth quarter, I think he got a carry, and then he limped off, and then he did not see another touch or get another snap for the rest of the game. No one that does, like, fantasy recaps mentioned it, but I saw multiple individual, like, not copping off of each other, like, multiple fantasy doctor creators talk about it in their own right. Um, so that's something to very, very, very much keep an eye on. You know, it could be a low ankle sprain. It could mean nothing at this point. It could not be a thing, but I did hear one of them mention the high ankle word, not like guaranteeing anything, but it's definitely something to monitor right now. And that would obviously be devastating. Most of the time, the, 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 the Twitter doctors are pretty good. They're, they're usually at least within the ballpark when it comes to like having to be concerned about a player when they have video footage, if they could see the injury happen very clearly, they're usually pretty good at like ballparking what the injury is. So just keep an eye on Devon HN and practice reports this week. Mostert continues to be uh, a rock solid RB2. He actually outsnapped the chance 60 to 40 in terms of percentage. Again, game script was always in their favor, so it's hard to get a read on what's true there. But Raheem Mostert, even if he's getting scraps in this backfield, like, does it matter? Them scraps are, are are a four course fucking meal. Scraps are a goddamn reservation at Carbone at this point, dude. Raheem Mostert has a bad day, goes for eighty and a touchdown. That's like that's a weekly thing now. Um, Devontae Chan is just a god at this point, though. Jalen Waddle uh, finally got into the end zone. Ten targets, led the team in targets. Five catches, thirty five yards, and a touchdown. I think at this point we just gotta understand that like. Hill is the alpha, and their running backs are so good and so explosive that there are going to be days like this with with Waddle. Um, so maybe we just kind of reframe our mindset of, okay, maybe he's not a wide receiver one and he's more of like a mid-wide receiver two going forward. I'm sure those weekly upside games are going to happen, and this kind of goes back to the point I was making where where do you think Waddle fits in, knowing what we know right now objectively, okay, in a great passing offense, really talented guy, 
with a good quarterback, et cetera. What do we think he does going forward rest of the season? And not try to predict on a week-by-week basis the consistency, right? I think he's going to be wide receiver 13 from now until the end of the year. Does not mean he's going to be wide receiver 13 every single week. He might go four for 32 next week and then go seven for 172 and two touchdowns a week after that. Again, mindset. Mindset. Grow up. I just want to tweet this out right quick. New big content episode just went live. If any of you guys are into um, the creator economy, media, social media, running a media business, any of those topics, uh, me and my friend Jack do a podcast weekly about it. We have a a separate YouTube channel for it. Um, So that's Sheesh's live today, every Monday. Okay, I'll shut my mouth. Saints-Patriots, ah, fucking Christ. I don't want to talk about this game. Takeaways here. Um, Patriots are really bad. They might be the worst team in the NFL. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 25 touches a game, so he's right back to being a a really, 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 really good fantasy option. So for those of y'all that took advantage of the uh, seventh round, eighth round, Alvin Kamara, you're feeling pretty damn good about it. He doesn't look great just because this offense doesn't look great, but I do think with Derek Carr each week getting a little bit more and more healthy, that will help uh, the offense overall run. Chris Olave also fucked up his ankle pregame, apparently. He was seen limping, which is why he probably had a really unproductive day. Got saved by um, a, a touchdown there, but something to monitor. Maybe it swells up afterwards. Probably, if I had to guess, a low ankle sprain. But I don't think people should be guessing about injuries, so I'm not actually going to – let's retract that statement from the record. Um, yeah, Alvin Kamara is in every week RB1 right now. I do think there are inefficient days going forward, but if he's getting the goal line work, if he's getting targets, if he's getting 22 fucking carries, you feel damn good about putting him into your lineup. On the flip side, you don't feel good about a single player in this uh, in, going into your lineup. Ramondre Stevenson, uh, one of the TikToks that we made a, a few days ago, was Stevenson was an easy, easy sit this week. Saints defense looks good, but they have a better matchup against the Raiders next week. Uh, I'm I'm obviously worried about Stevenson overall. He is splitting work with Zeke, and he just has not provided any explosive plays like he did last year. He's not catching a ton of balls like he did last year. Uh, he actually got out-targeted 4-2, to two, but again, like game script was terrible, so hard to get a real read on it. But, I mean, we're five weeks into the season, and he's not giving a shit. So I would be willing to give him one more chance against the Raiders. If he flops against the Raiders, then he's a he, he just he's unstartable up to this point. Raven-Steelers. This was... Um, Again, I mean, not not a not a ton of takeaways here outside of uh, what we already know. Jalen Warren continues to look way better than Najee Harris, but it's kind of useless for fantasy until we actually get a shift in like the usage and the snap counts and all that stuff. On the flip side, the Baltimore Ravens. I heard a stat: the Baltimore Ravens had seven drops in this game. The Baltimore passing offense had seven drops in this game. That is just the fifth time. I think over the last four years that a team had seven drops in a game. It was an all-time bad performance from the weapons. They were dropping touchdowns. They were dropping first downs. They were dropping screen passes. There was nothing Lamar could do. The Steelers didn't win this game. The Ravens lost this game. I I think it's, 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 it's very likely, and this was kind of like, Something I was warning people about that one, just like this offense in Baltimore, Todd Munkin and this weapons group is just overrated overall. Like Zay Flowers, really nice player. 
yet to see real upside there. Uh, Mark Andrews, obviously great. But Aguilar is, once again, like one of their best weapons. Bateman's been fucking terrible, which is really surprising. I loved Bateman coming out of college, man. I can't believe how big of a whiff that was. Odell was an obvious fade this year. He's fucking like 35, way past his prime kind of thing. But I just think it's possible that this Ravens offense overall is, is just a little little overrated. So um, I, I still think you could definitely start, and you should be starting Zay Flowers as – uh, a wide receiver three flex play going forward for sure. Mark Andrews obviously every week, but like there's there's not a lot else going on in this offense that you want a part of. Eagles Rams. There's a lot of pieces of both of these offenses that you absolutely want a part of. Jalen Hurts had a really nice throwing game. AJ Brown went nuts. Dallas Goddard, of course, went nuts because because you know what happens when JMO had Tajay Spears as his running back for dealing no deal. Let me mention he also had fucking Tyreek as his wide receiver. You know who I had? I had Devonta Smith. And DeAndre Swift. I had Devonta fucking Smith. This is just going to be the case of this offense, man. Like, they have so many good playmakers that it's hard to imagine we're going to get consistency. That 8 for 117 and one touchdown could just as easily have been Devonta Smith's thing. So, again, this very much goes back to the sentiment I've been yelling about for this entire video, pretty much. I love Devonta Smith still. This game... Absolutely does not change the way I look at him as a as a player, as a fantasy player. I still think he's a top 15 wide receiver in fantasy, probably at worst. If you could trade him, if you could trade for him for lower than that value, that works for me. The one for six games are going to happen. He also had a pretty ugly drop. That would have been a huge play. Um, one for six games are going to happen, but so are the six for 110 in a touchdown games. Don't stop trying to predict consistency. These games are 60 minutes long. People fall on the turf, and that changes the entirety of the game, like all that shit. DeAndre Swift still, at this point, a high-end RB1. Dallas Goddard, first bounce-back game. They 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 made it a point to make sure to get him the ball. That first drive, I think he had like five catches. I wouldn't say uninvolved after that, but ton of his production on the first drive. So a little bit tough to imagine that's going to be like predictable going forward I still like Dallas Goddard I still think he's a guy that I'm starting in my lineup every single week if I have him just because he has this in his range of outcomes every single week where a lot of tight ends just don't even have that so the Rams Kyron Williams uh we expected him to have a struggle against Philly they're so fucking good against running backs there's no chance he was really going to be efficient here he's such a buy low opportunity if people are selling him people are worried that someone event like it's just week over week over week he's taking 95 percent of the touches his down weeks just happen against elite defenses. Anytime they get a good matchup, anytime they could use him, like he goes bonkers. So Kyron Williams, buy the shit out of him if you can. The receiving game, one of the bigger storylines in all of fantasy this week. Can Puka keep puking with Cooper Cup cupping? Answer is fucking yes. The answer has always been yes. you got to be a fucking idiot to, to have thought that these two weren't going to be able to work together. Biggest, The biggest hit was obviously 2-2. That should not be surprising to anyone. Uh, Cooper Cup came back and was Cooper Cup. 12 targets, 8 catches, 118 yards. Feel fucking phenomenal about it. Next week, he might score two touchdowns and Puka scores zero. Uh, that's going to continue flipping back and forth. But these two saw 23 of the 37 targets. That is 23 of 37. I don't know the math off the top of my head, but that's borderline fucking 65%. That's an insane number. And you know what's not insane? to think that that's going to continue going forward. It is such a condensed offense. Cup is a wide receiver one again in your lineups. 
Puka is also a wide receiver one. I think when you're ranking them going forward, it's probably Cup top five. It's probably Puka at worst, like the wide receiver 13 or 14 at worst. But he's in your lineup every week. They're both in your lineup every week because this is such a condensed funnel of targets. They play the Cardinals next week. They play the Steelers the week after that. They play. They don't have a single matchup on here. Maybe the Browns here. Maybe the Ravens a little bit. But like, oh man, like their their second matchup against the Niners away is Week 18. We're not even playing fantasy anymore. Good lord, just put them in your lineup and shut your mouth. Bengals told everybody to shut their mouths. Huge bounce back game. This was my golden slip. Every week, also on TikTok, we do uh, we fill out like a slip where we predict. Our favorite three spreads, our favorite over-under, best offense, best defense, and then the number one fantasy player, at quarterback, running back, wide receiver. My golden spread this week was the Bengals minus three. This was one of those things I would have put on what I want to do, the podcast theory, where everybody uh, just runs with a narrative, and I thought the the worry on the Bengals just got a little bit too far. I felt the bounce-back game for Joe Burrow felt somewhat obvious, and uh, he went nuts. Him and Jamar Chase did what? Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase do. Jamar Chase, 19 targets, 15 catches, 192 yards, three touchdowns. Joe Burrow, is he back fully? Definitely not. But it was good to see him run a little bit. He had his first run of 10 yards, I think, in like I, – I, I heard the stat today. It was something crazy. It was his first run of 10 yards in, in like fucking 10 games or something like that. So this was huge for him. Do I think he's fully back? No. I, I still think he's definitely going to be – hampered by the injury a little bit and I still think it's going to hurt him a little bit but I'm not worried to start Joe Burrow against the Seahawks next week not worried to start Jamar Chase against the Seahawks next week um obviously Joe Mixon continues to do exactly what Joe Mixon does get fucking 30 touches and do nothing with it literally just the the AFC I was going to say the AFC North version of Najee Harris but god the whole AFC North is just it's just fat Gus Najee Joe Mixon fat running backs that just literally transform into a pile of dust once they touch the ball. Interesting strategies. Uh, on the flip side, we do have an injury to James Conner. Fucked his knee up. And in his place, Amari Demarcado filled in. This was actually a dude that I touched on, again, in one of our TikTok videos. I posted a sell-high video last week and James Conner was the guy on it for me. I got lucky cuz he got hurt. But that's 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 fantasy football for you. This dude was the backup to Kendra Miller at TCU. He also has a very interesting um athletic profile. Let me move myself over here. So he's 5'10", 215 pounds. So he's got real size. 44940 yard dash, 83rd percentile in weight adjusted speed score. Really nice agility score, not great burst, but overall, like an athletic dude. Um, James Connor. Let's see if we have any updates on James Connor. This is the play where James Connor injured his knee. The team will evaluate more this week. Jonathan Gannon says Connor is feeling okay. Week six status TBD. Connor has a significant history of right knee injuries. While we don't know details, I discuss some possibilities here. Yeah, so we don't really know. Um, we don't know what the actual risk here is with James Connor. We don't know if it's serious. It could just be like a bruise or something, and he could be over it. But if not, 
Uh, Keontae Ingram has been out hurt a little bit. So Amari DeMarcado would be the guy I'd be looking to pick up in this backfield. They got Rondell Moore way more involved in the backfield, but that just feels that way because he had that 41-yard run. Uh, But this is the dude I'd be targeting. And he's probably available in Dynasty Leagues, which is really fucking incredible when you have a good pickup in the middle of the year in Dynasty Leagues because that almost never happens. What I will say is... um, Who do they play next week? Hold on. Okay, they play the Rams. You could produce... You could put up numbers against them. You could done do it to him. So um, he's definitely someone that I will be looking into more for the waiver wire rankings, which again, go live tomorrow at noon. They are only available to Big Dog members, bdge.co. Go sign up, become a member, you get the waiver wire rankings. Jets, Broncos. uh, Yeah, so Brees Hall. Brees fucking Hall is back. I'm not going to lie. I was hesitant to believe that he was going to be unleashed because it just went from like uh, eight carries a game, 10 carries a game to like, we're fully unleashing him. It's like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. I fucking saw it. And Brees Hall, Brees Hall looks like, uh, looks like Devon Chan if he was 30 pounds heavier. Every time this dude touches the ball, it's a monster play. If you're giving him 20 carries, he's ripping off multiple 20 to 30 yard carries every game. It's insane. Ripped off a 72 yard touchdown run. Looked great. They, uh, they fucking speedometered him up at 21 or 22 miles per hour, which was his pre injury speed. So Bree seems to be fully back here, which is huge news for the jets because they stink, but he does not stink. Brees is so good. Brees is immediately one of the best running backs in the NFL. And I think I will call my shot right now. I think Brees Hall is the 101 in fantasy drafts next year. Maybe C-Mac. Maybe that was a dumb statement. But I think we're going to see the the pendulum swing back to running backs again. This year was a big wide receiver heavy year. And right now, I mean, it's sexy, right? It's Brees. Here's the thing. like They're not going to go into next year with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. We saw what they did targeting Aaron Rodgers like they're just not going through that year again they're not doing it again so I expect at least a competent QB underplay under center Brees C-Mac Jay Jettas Tyreek Hill Jamar Chase again like we got a lot of good options Bijan of course but while Tyler Ogier is there I don't know if we'll ever see like Bijan really unlocked in the first couple of years but that's for another conversation Brees Hall man he's so good he's in your lineup every week going forward RB1 on the flip side Jaleel McLaughlin Really good. Had a really strong feeling about him this week, and he came out and performed. 12 touches, uh, nearly 90 yards, scored a touchdown. This dude is also just a playmaker. Every time you turn the goddamn TV on, he's running for 20 yards. He's just a big-time playmaker in an offense that badly needs one. So um, we'll have to see what happens with Javante Williams. I I, kind of want to go as far. Like, Javante's been so fucking mid up to this point, man. I remember there were discussions like after a few rookie games that Javante was uh, arguably more valuable than fucking Brees Hall in Dynasty. Javante's looked so average this year. And that I will chalk up to the ACL for sure. He was someone that was definitely off our hit list based on how quickly he was returning. 
I, I kind of want to go out on a limb here as well and and probably say that I, I feel like Jaleel will probably be the highest scoring fantasy running back in this backfield for the rest of the season. So if you picked him up last week, congrats. I think you got a real good one. I think at worst he's got I think he's got his own role in this offense. I think Samaje and Javante are kind of like redundant to each other. I think they'll take each other's carries and shit, but Jaleel's been used in the red zone. He's been used on the goal line. Like Sean Payton loves this motherfucker, man. So he's startable. I, I really don't know if anyone else in this offense is actually startable. Patrick Mahomes, you could probably start in your fantasy lineups. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, Travis Kelsey hurt his ankle. Uh, apparently, it is a low ankle sprain, so it's not anything to be too concerned about unless we hear otherwise. But he's good to go. Isaiah Pacheco, again, a dude that I was kind of saying by low. He's looked better and better and now completely taken over the backfield. So he's really a nice start for you. I just don't think you could start anybody else in this offense. Rasheed Rice seems to keep getting it done, but like on low volume, on low efficiency. So I... I'm not really like going out on a limb here to uh, be super excited about him. I'll do a little bit more digging and research and maybe I'll throw him a little bit higher up in the waiver wire rankings than I thought I would be originally. But um, again, stay tuned for those to drop tomorrow. On the flip side, Justin Jefferson pulled a hammy. And we don't know much yet, but I don't know. The vibes are not great. Like we're not getting any word out of it that it's like minor or that it's not a concern or anything. Really just heard like we don't know much yet usually means they're looking into it a little bit deeper, which is not great. Uh, Hammies, you know, they linger. They become problematic. He is very young, so he can recover from it quickly. And I think the re-injury risk on a, on a dude that's 23 years old is going to be really, really low. Um, but he might miss some time, so we'll have to keep an eye out for that. If he misses time, Jordan Addison should be in, like, a great fucking spot to just kind of blow up and prove that first-round draft capital. But... He was good in this one. Jefferson left, nine targets, six catches, 64 yards, and a tugger. So he's startable. Um, I, I don't think I would really start anybody else. KJ Osborne, if you're, like, really, really in a pinch here. But this this team's tough to to get a grasp on. Madison did get in the end zone through the air. But in terms of, like, the backfield, him and Cam Akers starting to split backfield work pretty, uh, pretty evenly, right? Last week, Madison had his lowest share of opportunities and rushes and targets and all that kind of shit. And this week was even lower. So they are getting into a split um, that is really ham. Like if Madison doesn't get in the end zone, which is probably not going to happen on a week by week basis, he's giving you some shit numbers. So for right now, he's more of like a desperate flex play than anything else. Cowboys Niners. This is a great one. This is another one I had on my slipper. I had uh, Niners minus three and a half, I believe. Brock Purdy is just fucking so good, dude. Brock Purdy so good. Brandon Ayuk so good. Uh, should have had another like 35 yard gain, got called back from a holding call, whatever. I don't think there's anything I really need to talk about from the Niners side that we don't already know. On the Dallas side, Pollard's been such a disappointment in fantasy. Um, I, I don't really care for the people that continue to say that his usage is so good, even though it wasn't great in this game, but like, oh, he's getting all this work and all that work, whatever. He's just probably not built for this workload, man. I think there was a reason they had Zeke there. I think there was a reason they continued to use Zeke. I think there was a reason for it, man. Tony Pollard is not getting it done on limited touches or on, uh, on on bigger workload, on more touches, I should say. Apologies. Um, he's not scoring touchdowns. He's not making, like, huge plays like he did last year all the time. Obviously, this was against an extremely tough defense, so there are better days ahead. The Cowboys play against the Chargers, which Pollard should have a nice bounce back. The Rams, tough one against the Eagles. But a lot of the, uh, the rest of the schedule is not overly tough. But I don't know. I I, uh, I might think about, like, over the next four weeks, 
five weeks, they've got some nice matchups. But towards the end of the season, it's Eagles, Bills, Dolphins kind of shit. But Lions are a really good run defense. Some tough matchups, man. I, I, I don't know. If you could still really sell on the Pollard name value, it's not something I would be super, super against. Because we were just doing the best ball resurrection drafts last week, which are paid leagues. They're paid drafts. They're drafting as if we are playing the season from that point forward, which was just a few days ago. And Tony Pollard was a first-round pick in every in almost every one of those drafts. So if people are really out here spending money and using their first-round pick on Tony Pollard, and you can still get that value, I've really got no problem moving his ass. Because the Cowboys, they've just been up and down, man. They're clearly not anywhere in a tier with the Niners. I don't think the Niners – I don't think anyone's in a tier with the Niners, Eagles included. I don't – I think if the Niners and the Eagles meet on a neutral field, I think the Niners win that game pretty handedly. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what else to yap about. Maybe we'll jump into the comments now. We've got 800 people in here. We've got 92 thumbs up. How about we grow up? How about we grow up? Hey. Ooh. Elijah Vera Tucker's out for the season. That's tough. Tough beat for the Jets. Ooh, okay. Dolphins coach said that Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel said Devon Achan is being evaluated by the team's medical staff for a knee injury he sustained Sunday. Okay, so maybe it wasn't an ankle injury, but there was obviously something to what I was saying. So keep an eye on that. That's not good. What other uh, updates do we have there? Garner Minshew will start in Jacksonville. Yeah, obviously. Shane Sykin on Anthony Richardson. He does have an AC injury. He will miss some time. Don't know how much time right now yet. We know that as well. All right. Um, What's going on, people? How are we? Just ignore the shit out of you for an hour. Twitter doctors saying MCL sprain for a chance. Okay. So they moved from the ankle to the ACL, but they did spot something there. I think his foot got planted in the turf and then it like kind of twisted. His leg kind of twisted. So that would make sense. MCL sprains are, uh, they're usually not that serious. Usually you can, uh, usually you could rest for about a week or two and then come back at relatively full strength. So I, it doesn't feel like it's something that's going to linger for quite a while, but he could definitely miss time. Good morning. Look at that profile picture. So professionally done. Such a TikToker you are. What else we got going on in here? Thoughts on CD? Yeah, um, I mean, again, CD's just one of those guys that, like, he's he's a low-end wide receiver one for the rest of the season. So he's going to have his bad days, he's going to have his good days, and you kind of just take it what it is. Um, it's just... It's just who he is, you know. He's still the number one target there for sure. He's still going to have big games, big explosive plays, all that kind of stuff. He, <laughs> he was a dude that I was not necessarily, like, down on, but he was kind of my least favorite of those, like, first-round wide receivers. Not that any of them really, like, have exploded much besides the top guys, but you'll see a Woody, y'all. What's the deal with Amon Ra injury, sports hernia, or fake news? Uh, Definitely not fake news for the fact that he sat out because that dude does not sit out. That dude plays through everything. So he was probably really hurting. I don't know if the team, like, made him sit out because Dan Campbell is another dude that's like, I don't give a fuck everybody getting the goddamn game. So, yeah, probably something serious. I have no idea. I, I have no idea what his actual injury is, the core injury or whatever. I don't know the severity, but I'm I'm sure it's hurting him. Like I said, I'm trying to tank in my dynasty league and then start out 3-0. Not sure what to do. 
that's the thing with dynasty, man. That's the thing with fantasy football is like, you know, you might, you might be someone who tanks and then all of a sudden you're looking at your, your tanking ass team and you got tank, you got tank Dell and you got Nico Collins and you've got all these tank worthy players that are top 15, top 20 at their receipt at their respective positions. You got Devon Chan, right? Like you went all in on the rookie class this year and you got some goddamn studs and now you're competing. So I don't know. Are you winning because the, all the teams that you're playing against are absolutely shit? Or do you actually have a good team now? And also is, is your idea of tanking just because you have your first Are you, have you been building up a bunch of firsts? Like do you have three or four other firsts or is your idea of tanking like literally just because it'll make your pick better? If that's the case, fucking compete. We're out here trying to win games. We're out here trying to win leagues and win hardware. It's why you play the game. We play the game to pick up guys like Amari DiMarcato. It's why we play the game. You can't win with him. Brees top 10 PPR running back across the season. Hell yeah. Did you see that man play yesterday? Good lord. Lord. All right. I'm going to dip off. Um. Thank you guys for hanging out during the stream. Again, make sure you go cop that Jordan Love line. 0.5 total yards. All he's got to do is complete a pass tonight. Use promo code BDG and that square will appear for you, okay? 0.5 total yards and you're a winner on underdog. It is linked down below. First thing in the description. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. I will be back here next Monday morning as well. So, Get your notifications on. Subscribe to the channel. And I'll see you tomorrow for the waiver wire video and waiver wire rankings. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.